How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got early 20th century French fashion designer Coco Chanel and 20th century American film critic Gene Siskel. If you like these performers, you got to go check them out for more Coco Chanel, a.k.a. Austin Sanders. You want to check out a show called Entirely from Memory that is once a month at Little Field here in New York. And for more Gene Siskel, a.k.a. Matt Shafiq, you want to check out his improv teams, Metal Boy, every Wednesday at the Magnet Theater, and the Armando Diaz Experience every Saturday at the Magnet Theater. And you can check out all my stuff at jarrettberenstein.com. And uh, we've got the latest edition of Stand Up 2020, our stand-up show slash voter registration drive where all the proceeds go to voting rights organizations. Come on, help protect all of our elections in America and come check out the show and also see a totally amazing stand-up show in the process. All proceeds go to great things, but also you can register to vote, you can talk to Swing Left, and you can just see a great show. Our headliner for this next one is Janine Garofalo. It will be Friday, February 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the Pitt Theater. Check out StandUp2020Show.com for all the latest updates and whatnot. If you're on TikTok, check out my TikTok. I'm actually blowing up on there, which I'm pretty excited about. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Gene Siskel and Coco Chanel only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are early 20th century French fashion designer and businesswoman Gabrielle Bonheur Chanel, a.k.a. Coco Chanel. Oh, no. Are you talking about me? Oh, no. (laughs) Hello, Coco. And American film critic and journalist, half of the Siskel and Ebert team from the movie review television show Sneak Previews, Gene Siskel. Uh, The more talented half, yes. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Hello, (laughs) Mr. Siskel, Ms. Chanel. Thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Oh, bonjour. Hello. Hello. Thumbs up to this show. Oh, uh, well, let's start off with you... Uh, Gene Cecil, for just a moment. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned in your intro, you were part of the legendary film critic duo of Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. In 1975, you begin co-hosting uh, the weekly film review TV show Sneak Previews with Roger Ebert. This is the show where you and he would give films either the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Mm-hmm. I want to know how this came about. Was this something that you guys discussed did it happen more organically? What was the inspiration for this elegant little system of film review that became your hallmark? Well, you know, like everything, uh, uh, it started It started in a different place, and it eventually built up to thumbs up. And thumbs mm. up. It sounds intuitive right now. It sounds obvious, right? Yeah. yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs up. We all do it. But well, it's because you guys made yeah, it exactly. obvious that it feels intuitive to us. In the 70s, know? they weren't doing that, okay? Mm. So uh, and it was at first, it was a series of claps. That was the first thing we came up with. <laughs> Ebert and I, we uh, reviewed a movie, and uh, we would say, okay, Star Wars, uh, New Hope. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I would do that, and Ebert mm-hmm. would do one or two. So um, it was like the more claps was better. Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now, and, would the claps cap out at some point, or could you just keep on clapping uh, forever? Uh, we did, you know, the system was abandoned within you know a couple <laughs> months, so we never... I think we never got higher than you know. Uh, what was it? What, what got the? Someone got someone got a standing O of claps for about sixty seconds. Oh wow! Um, so what movie was this? You know it. it I, oh, if you remember the year, I can do a quick Google search for um, movies that came out that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was seventy-seven? What was seventy-seven? Uh, so All right, let's Star see here. Wells. Uh, we had Annie Hall. Okay. Uh, oh, it was it was Annie Hall. It was definitely Annie, yeah. I forgot. Annie Hall. Yeah, Woody Allen. Pre-controversial Woody Allen. Uh, yeah, that was that was the standing go we gave for it. So anyway, we started with the claps, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, we, we tried out a couple other things. We tried back slaps and uh, like knee you, slaps. You would, a, lot of, a lot of clap-ish uh, things. We, you know, we, just, we were doing things that we did when we were happy, you know? And, uh, you know, like... What why, got why? the most percussive noise this week? <laughs> exactly. I give this one three jump ropes. Yeah. yeah I you know, love you jumping know. rope, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. It makes me very happy. It, it was a happier time, the 70s, you know? Uh, so then at some point, you know, over a couple of drinks, things got a little loose, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Ebert was on his way to the bathroom, and he, he did that thing with his hand. And I was like, what's that? What, what are you doing? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I see the thumb up, and then I'm like, holy shit, 
Oh, Ebert, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> what, this is it. This is it right here. We've, we've simplified, you know, all the noises and the grunts and the slaps down to just a single single thing. And, and you know what? It sounds simple, but mm-hmm. uh, like the Wright brothers taking flight, it was uh, just uh, the world changed. Just day. the world changed in that moment. It's so the quick same question. Thing. It's the same thing as the Wright brothers. <laughs> it is so good. It is. That <laughs> so is so good. Perfect analogy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. They both changed the world exactly the same amount. Yeah. Uh, now, question real quick. The way you told that story, it sounded like you didn't had never seen even the thumbs up before in your life. Is that right? Well, you know, uh, uh, I I I had seen a thumbs up before, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah. I hadn't. You, you ever uh, you ever see a word and not ever have it pronounced, and so you don't know how to say the word? Yeah, of course. I yeah, had that absolutely. with uh, with with Dachshund, the dog. Of course. And I, I thought it was. Dashing. I had it. You know how British people will say "row" when they meet a fight, mm. but I read that word first, so I thought it was "row." Yeah, I yes. They were like, um, "I had a row." I had with that a one too. Of mine. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so if it's for a very long time, I assumed I assumed it was an insult of some kind, and it was just a <laughs> thumb up your ass, a thumb up your ass, sir. And so, uh, so Roger was going to the bathroom. He gives you the thumb. Yeah, uh, and, and you're like, for a moment, I was uh, like, "Excuse me, uh, yeah. I thought we were friends." Exactly. It, it it almost turned into a big fight, but Ooh. Ebert, God bless his soul, he quickly uh, uh, assuaged my fears mm. and uh, told me. Through cold water on the situation. Through cold water. Uh, now, other question. Mm. Did the thumbs down happen immediately, or was that like another brainstorming session? You know, we... Did t- you still do fewer claps <laughs> for, the, for the less good ones? We tried thumbs up and clapping. Uh, we, uh, no, so uh, thumbs down was the the obvious choice. Of course. A negative to positive. We had a thumbs middle for a while. Ooh. We did Ooh. a we did a mid thumb. Uh, we thought maybe there's a world in which you know it doesn't quite earn either one, but mm-hmm. the networks right away they were like, no one lo- no one loves a movie with a middle thumb. What do you do with that? Interesting. You want you to love it or you want you to hate it? The What's networks a movie are always. That would give- that would get a middle thumb. Yeah, can you think of a movie? What's a movie that would get you a can even give thumb. a year. And <laughs> Coco Chanel seems to be really good. At I'm a film movie. lover. Oh no, you're looking at me now. I'm a film lover. Oh, I, I don't need to. I know this one. Uh, okay. Kramer versus Kramer. You give Kramer versus Kramer middle thumb. thumb. Middle thumb. It was. It was. It, it had good parts. You know, it had, it had bad not great parts. Sure. Sure. Did you ever uh, give a thumbs down to a movie that you thought was like a middle thumb only because you knew Roger was going to give it a full thumb? And I had to mitigate. Exactly. Yeah. Ebert loved his thumbs ups, man. He he felt bad. He felt bad for mm. movies that, you know, oh, it, it, the, the director struggled over this. There was a lot of, you know, infighting on the set. That's and what everybody said about Roger Ebert. He loved too much. Compassion. <laughs> he just, <laughs> compassion. God, God bless him. I love the guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, 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 I understand that when you critique you got to be mean you got to be a little mean sometimes come to the territory so yes if i anticipated he's going to give you know uh batteries not included a raving two (laughs) thumbs up you know i gotta i gotta i gotta rein it in a little bit and be Mm -hmm. like well you know there are parts about those little robots they're adorable but let's be realistic okay it's not et yeah okay cronin was phoning it in now i do want to i don't want to talk about the thumbs up thumbs up anymore i feel like you know we've really got a lot of good data on that but uh, just something for the brain can, you know, and maybe this will come up later. Yeah. Uh, two thumbs up was the highest review something could get. Mm-hmm. Two thumbs down was the worst. However, you guys both have two hands. So some movie could have gotten four thumbs up or three thumbs up and one thumbs down. Oh. There's just like a little bit more. I want, don't, don't tell oh, me wow. now. We can talk about it later. We won't talk about it later. This is, the conversation is over right <laughs> now. This is so you take loud. your, you take oh, your no. witchery elsewhere. Okay. I have no, we have oh, no, God, no place. Looks could kill. Uh, this is not oh, a conversation we're having Coco. Okay. Do not let us revisit this conversation. We will oh, not no. talk about this. Oh no. Anymore. I'm not responsible for the peace between the two of you. Oh no. Coco, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Coco. We're, we're past it. We're past it. I need this too for a while. It didn't. It didn't happen. Let's let's, let's talk to Coco Chanel for just a moment. Uh, okay, so you were an incredibly influential fashion designer. You are the only designer listed in Times' 100 most influential people of the 20th century. Uh, your clothing liberated women from the constraints of the hourglass silhouette and popularized a sporty, casual look for women. And so I like to start by asking about these fashion choices. Like, was it? a conscious decision to move away from corsets towards a more tomboyish look? Did something happen to you where you realized it would be a cool new look that everybody would love? Tomboyish? What is this? No, because women don't want to be constrained. Mm. We want to be able to run out into the field and find a young man 
who 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 cares what his poli- who who cares what his politics are? <laughs> who cares? I just want to love them, and I can't run like to them if the I'm constrained. The horse here, Coco. <laughs> what? I think you might be putting the cart before the okay? horse here. Okay. I believe it's, oh, no. I believe it's oh, Kwa. No. I believe it's Kwa, Coco. Oh, no. I don't no. want to teach you oh, your language. Oh, no. Did I say it wrong? <laughs> oh, no. You are so cute. You are so cute. I could run over to you because I am wearing pants right mm-hmm. now. I am not wearing a corset. I could run over to you and I could grab you by your... For those of you at home, if you don't know what Jared looks like, mm-hmm. he has uh, he has a beautiful, beautiful Black eyes, <laughs> beautiful black eyes, and then a beard, a beard that is has like a little bit of silver in it, and then beautiful tall hair. He kind of looks like, um, he kind of looks like uh, Andrew Garfield's older brother. I would, I would, I would have said the same thing. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield's yeah older brother. We, yeah. We, who's, who's, so you're saying that because you are free of the corsets. That you are, you are, uh, you can run over to any boy. It doesn't matter what their political affiliation. You don't know. It doesn't know, matter. You it don't doesn't know what matter. my political affiliation is, what my heritage is, like no, where, what no. religion my dad was, for example. Like, no, this makes no difference it to you. Doesn't matter what is going on right now in the world. Mm-hmm. I can run over to you and wrap my long arms around you, and I can hold you because I'm just wearing like a sailor shirt. <laughs> I'm just wearing like a cute little, <laughs> I'm wearing a cute little, a cute little sailor shirt, and I love you. I love you, mm. and I love you. You have you ha- you have such piercing eyes. Now you said Jared. black you eyes, piercing black you eyes, piercing black eyes. I have literally never been described that way. Well, I, you're I have light a, blue eyes. For those of you who cannot see Jared mm-hmm. right now, he is sitting in a dark corner. He's always doing this. He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, whenever he goes to a coffee shop, and you know this, Gene Siskel, uh, you know yeah, this, I can I, see I this. I do know this. I, 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 I know you're going with this. I story. have to do full disclosure. This is not the first time I'm meeting Coco Chanel and Roger Ebert. We've oh, been no. friends uh, for a uh, long excuse time. Me? Excuse me, Gene I'm, I'm so Siskel. I'm so oh, my Gene gosh. Siskel. I apologize. Don't fight over me. Wow. Don't fight over me. <laughs> Please don't. I forgot which of the two I, I was. I'm just saying that they've seen me at the coffee shop, and they've seen me around. It's and cafes, as they see me in the cafe, the so they, they know me a little bit. Just just, just you, full disclosure. Yes, yes. Uh, so you're saying he, that everybody knows this about me. He's always sitting there in the darkest corner with a cigarette and a small little <laughs> espresso cafe and a croissant, and he is reading Camus, much like the character <laughs> Angel. And I don't know if you have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the so Angel, sort of like the in uh, his script, he was often seen mm-hmm. reading The Stranger. Or Les Atranger mm-hmm. by Albert Camus. Camus, of course, yeah. And he was just sort of brooding. Yeah, and that is he's been alive very for a much, long time. That is very much Jared Berenstein's flavor. I, that is the kind of person he is. I'm going to jump in real quick because I mm-hmm. have a lot of reviews to catch up on. Uh, Angel, seasons one through four, thumbs up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But not five. Just not putting five. that up there. Season Ooh. five, thumbs down. Was season five the last season of Angel? This, yes, it was, the last, was the last season of we, It was the last season of Angel. I gotta say, some of my favorite stuff was in season five, though. <clears throat> you know, all that stuff with the uh, what's a uh, that goddess that came and uh, was fucking fucking shit up. Remember? Well, I have to uh, be honest. What, I, what <laughs> I remember is that one person sitting here is a critic, and there are two people who have opinions. I defer to you. I defer to thank, you. Thank you, Coco. Now thank and you. forever, and before the podcast and after the podcast, Coco, I defer to you. Right. Coco, you got the right idea. My, oh my, my apologies, Mr. Siskel. It's okay. I forgot that my opinions mean nothing because mm. we have a critic here. We have yes. a critic here to tell us what the correct opinion is. I tell are. you what your opinions are going yeah. to be. Are now, you also a fashion critic? Ooh, are, do you have any fashion critic experience? My expert. Expertise is strictly in the film and, and television. I do know one thing about Gene Siskel is that you do own the uh, uh, John Travolta's suit from uh, Saturday Night That is Saturday right. Night that's Fever. on the Wikipedia, yes. unless that's so incorrect, you like Mr. Fashion? Siskel. Uh, I was a big Travolta fan. Early Travolta, mind you. You know, yes. although he had, he had his comeback in the 90s. Uh, with, with Look who's talking, uh, of pul- course. A Pulp Fiction. That was <laughs> one I was going to say. <laughs> I love well, who's talking. Cowboy. Thumbs down. Pulp Fiction. Thumbs up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yes, uh, I love Michael. <laughs> when he plays, he plays the, uh, angel, the angel. Angel, and he I dances to uh, that song. Let's give them something to talk about. Is it Bunny? It's probably it Bunny. It's 1995 movie. I think it is probably Bunny. Right. I think it was heard it through the grapevine. Or it something. could be. I what was that? What was that? Uh, 
that really shitty movie he was in. He was an alien. Uh, uh, it was a Battlefield uh, Earth. Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. He like mm. it. He was that that one. Oh. And would that I could be alive to trash that movie <laughs> to burn it to the fucking ground. What about uh, what about Phenomenon? Did you see Phenomenon with John Travolta? Phenomenon. Is that that what <laughs> that what, that wasn't the one where he was an angel? Yes. No, he has psychic powers. In psychic that and, he points, and he points on the poster. He points out. You know what? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I'm just gonna say it right now. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Wait. So you are get, you are uh, allocating Roger Ebert's thumbs down, even though he is not here. Yeah. Or are you using yeah. your own thumbs? No, is that, no, thumb no, no, no. We are no, We are not incorporating the fourth thumb system. I am using Ebert's thumb to give two thumbs is down. Is that an arrangement that you and Ebert have, where if they're not there, you can sort of like we allocate become, their thumb we in absentia? psychically connected. Oh my God. Oh, oh, not unlike years. John Travolta in Phenomenon. Oh my God. <laughs> have you ever... Oh, Jared, he is so good because he can bring any conversation right back, right back around. To That's why I love you. <laughs> I love you yes. with your... with You have piercing black eyes. I know, You're it's so blue. Beautiful. I have blue eyes. I don't know what you see. You have piercing black eyes like a shark. Let me... I want to get back into this this conversation about your fashion choices, Coco Chanel. Mm. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are American film critic Gene Siskel Hello. and French fashion designer Coco Chanel. Bonjour. And so, as we were discussing, you freed women from the corset, you gave them a more boyish, tomboyish look. Uh, was there any pushback? Were there men or women that frowned upon this new shape that you were creating for women with your clothes? Oh my gosh, of course. And you know just the perfect question to ask, Jared. You are so cute this, sitting over this there. This flattery is working, Coco. Oh. Just to let you know. Oh my God. Oh. Classic first act romance is blooming. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Thank and you for he... putting it into the language of, of cinema. It's the only language I know. Mm. Oh my gosh, verite. Uh, <laughs> I am so excited because, yes, I do want to talk about this because people did not like my designs early on. Can you believe? I cannot tragic. believe. Can you believe Absolutely we would have these fashion these uh, fashion shows over in Paris and the people would walk down in my cute, cute little clothes and the people would boo and you know what I would do? I would go to each one of them and I would talk to them and I would say, why are you act that way? No, <laughs> stop it. Coco, stop it. were what? I around when you were doing this and were I a fashion critic and not a film critic, I would have given you the early thumbs up that would have given you the boost you needed to actually, you know, be more successful than you than you currently are oh now, one of the most successful, taking you to the stratosphere. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh, Eugene, you would help me. Oh no, you're Wait, so, so you're incredible. Saying that you went up to each person who was booing and just like convinced yes. them individually to change yes, their opinion. You can only change one heart at a, at a time, mm. only one it's heart true. and one mind at a time. And so you go up to each one of them and you say, "Stop it! Why are you acting that way? You're being so crazy. Can we not talk?" <laughs> And then over time, they would be uh, overcome with my charm and my coquetry. Mm -hmm. And they would just say, okay, let's, let's give it a try. Wow. And so they would put all this thing, all these clothes on that I had put. And, you know, you didn't have to have any kind of shape at all for them. You could just put whatever it is on. And then you could go out and you could walk and you could see somebody else across the field. It didn't matter what the politics <laughs> were. And you could run straight to them and you could just <laughs> hug them around the neck. And you could just give them all of your love and all of your kisses. And, and why are we fighting? Why, why are we why fighting, guys? Why are we fighting? Uh, that is a fascinating story. I mean, you do have a certain charm to you. So I can see how that 100% would work. Um, I want to go back over to uh, <laughs> sure. Gene Siskel for just a moment. Uh, hey, hey, hey. So you go wanna... back, but you are going to come right back here. Of course. I know you are. Of course, Coco. Woo, I'm blushing. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Siskel, yep, yep, yep. I'd like to ask you about your early life, your early love of film. Mm. Uh, you were born in 1946 That's in right. Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And uh, your website describes you as, as a child, Loving film, mm. even from a very young age. This is a quote that I grabbed from your website exactly, and I want to read it because I think there's something uh, uh, particularly incredible here. Quote, Go ahead. At a time when most American children were slaves to their television mm. sets, Siskel preferred walking several blocks to the Nortown Theater. And I just want to comment on how remarkable <gasps> that is. All of your friends, slaves, to the television I know. set, and, you know, and you bravely mm -hmm. burning your own path in this world. Yes, decided to walk 
several blocks mm-hmm. to watch movies instead. You want to know the craziest part about that? So yeah, I, that please. quote is taken as I, I as I formed it. When I started doing it as a kid, I was saying that I'm going. I'm walking seven blocks <laughs> to the theater, you know. And and boy, did I oh, sorry, get my face blocks. rubbed in some dog shit. It's seven regularly. Blocks. Oh, seven, seven blocks. Seven blocks. It was seven, seven blocks. Seven blocks. Okay, cool. So the, so this is misquote. There there actually was a typo on your website. So this is probably another typo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, so what did the website say? How many blocks? Several. Several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? But you know what? Classic, classic seven typo. Yeah, yeah. Is several. It is. Yeah. It is. What's the other typo? What's up? You said there was a typo. There was. I didn't write it down, but I just remember looking at it and being like, "Oh, well, I should talk to someone uh, about this typo." I, 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 oh, I, I, oh, I wish no. I could say that I I handled that myself, but mm-hmm. someone else of handled it. And uh, you know, I'm going to give my own website right now a, a two thumbs down. Two <gasps> thumbs down. Ebert and myself. Even Ebert sorry, thinks guys. so. Holy Ebert moly. definitely agrees. Even Ebert thinks so? Even oh Ebert thinks but so. Back, back to the quote. So yes. I, I walked. Uh, You're walking to the movie theater. You're writing theater. down. In pants. I, and I, I, at the time, I already knew how much just better I was than every uh, all of my peers. Mm. Every kid slaves to this puerile form of entertainment. Oh, yeah. The, the boob tube, as I think I coined the term. Um, <laughs> and uh, But the theater had just so much more to offer. It's real acting and, mm. and stories and heartbreak and action. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't turn back. You know, there are some people who might say that the, a movie is just a longer television show on a bigger screen, you know? What, and so what? we're really kind of splitting hairs here when we say that... What idiot said that? The kids... Who, who was the idiot? The it kids are... Like, Jared Berenstein. <laughs> right there. you the author of this quote? stand behind the quote if it's yours. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I've heard. I've heard people... You've heard people, people say... People say this, you know? You Look, know how I people just, like, talk and you just, like, pick it up from the atmosphere, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do know that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just, you hear words Some people might say that it's not that big of a difference to watch a movie versus television that maybe you weren't that unique of a child Jared, in one, that regard there's one thing i hate in this world yes it's a coward <laughs> who can't stand behind his own words you understand me okay a, a director who comes out and, and 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 speaks about his film but apologizes for this decision or that decision no if it's a turd you speak proudly about your polished turd okay yeah that's a, that's an excellent point and i will tell Whoever said that, that they should own coward. that quote. Coco Chanel, I will we're t- talking to a coward. No, right I, I didn't I say I was oh, telling you no, what I have heard oh, out no. and about, mm-hmm. out and around town. You don't know how often I'm talking about, you know, you, uh, Gene Siskel, and how people will, will talk about your website to me and be like, you know, it's on his website that mm-hmm. he didn't watch TV like movies, but it's really not that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, oh, I'll, you know, when I when I see Gene, I'm sure I'll be sure to tell him that. This story is as contrived as the plot to Short Circuit 2. <laughs> you understand that, right? Oh, do you understand no. the reference? Oh, I'm I referencing cer- a hack movie. Do. Oh, I certainly no. do. Uh, and you are slandering poor Fisher Stevens in the process. <laughs> I mean, oh, no. let's, let's be real. You know, like Steve Gutenberg was carrying that first movie. And mm. when he wasn't in the sequel, what did we expect to happen, guys? All we had what? left was Fisher Stevens. Yeah, be, being a super racist Indian character. Yes, the movie was it inappropriate was... at the time. It hasn't aged. I'm assuming it's <laughs> aged not better. It's aged worse. <laughs> Correct. It has aged like milk, uh, as they say. Great. Uh, let's go back over to Coco Chanel for just a moment. So you came from humble beginnings, uh, Miss oh, Chanel. Yes. Your mother was a laundry woman. Your father was a street vendor. Uh, your mother died <laughs> when you were very young, when you were twelve years old. And so your father. Oh, are you? Is this is this upsetting oh, you? This Coco. is so Chanel, sad. This sad oh, story. No. Oh no. How am I going to get through this? We will we'll, we'll be supportive for you as I get through this description of your early life when your mother dies at 12 uh if you would take her hand i would really appreciate that mr siskel just oh, to give her some comfort we're actually touching hands right <laughs> you know, now. and, I'll, and oh. I'll grab your other hand coco chanel oh and so oh he's so far away but i can <laughs> feel it oh with your piercing black so eyes, I, blue eyes once again and oh. so your dad sends you to live at an orphanage when you're when you're when your mother uh passes away uh, and I didn't Mama. see on the Wikipedia that you had any communication with your father after that. Mm. So was that the last you ever saw of your father when you're 12 years old, your mother dies, and he 
and he sends you away, oh, and that's it. We, and he was so so far away, and mm. I just wished that I could run to him, no matter our politics, and run to him. <laughs> but anyways, no, he sent me. He sent me away. I went away, and he said, "Go and make something of yourself, dear sweet Coco. Dear sweet Coco, go run and make something of yourself, and do it. Do it. Do it your own way. It doesn't matter what anybody says, but it does matter what they say because if they if they say anything bad, then you have to go up to each one of them individually and you have to win them over. You have to, no matter the politics. And you have to love them, okay? You have to love them. And so you could say, yes, I have some daddy issues. Yes, <laughs> you could say that I have some. Uh, but Wait, I so never saw him again. Was this like one thing that he was telling to you like as you were being taken away? Like was this all one speech or was he this was just on, sort of like... He was on his bicycle and he and I was running behind him and so I only got only so many of the words. And I was running behind him and I was going, papa, papa, Wait, no. Like, Biking away from you? Yes, and he's saying, <laughs> "Go away, go away, go make something of yourself." He's like, he's saying, he's saying, I might have to go out and get some cigarettes, and <laughs> and I'm saying, no, no, Papa, no, no, you have plenty, you have plenty, and I will roll your cigarettes. I could, I could hand roll a cigarette from the time I was two. Of course, it's oh, France. Coco, you oh, belong yes. to a classic hero's journey. I, I can tell it's a beautiful opening to a story. Is this what happens in the second act? We we find <laughs> out, we find out the motivating factors of the character. Exactly, mm. exactly. Oh, God. This would maybe appear as a flashback uh, oh, yes. in the scene where you are walking up to people saying to them, hey, no matter your politics, let's get along. And yeah, so like we can start to understand where this girl learned this behavior. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you mm-hmm. uh, well, and so, and so the, he went away. And over the years, I tried. I tried to find him. Mm. I said, has anybody seen a man going by the name of Papa Chanel? <laughs> oh. Oh. And Everyone said, no, we do not know this man. But in one day, one day, in a small little flash town located somewhere on the border. I don't remember the border to what. It was just a border. <laughs> a, border a border town. A French border yeah, town. I yeah. think there are four-ish countries that border France, so it could have been any one of them. Officially, there are four-ish <laughs> countries. <laughs> That's if you t- if the you ask border. the government of France, they will tell you. They will tell you we border four-ish other countries. If you were to ask the 2019 President Macron of mm-hmm. of France, they said four-ish. Yeah. And so I would, and so I'm on a border town, and I'm asking around, and I said, "Oh yes, there is a there is a man in a small little cafe, just down the street, and he goes by the name of Papa Chablel." Chablel. Chablel. Yes. And he changed his name. Changed well, we his don't know name. if it was him yet. It could have been just somebody else. Oh, yeah. Was Papa Chabelle. No, he changed his name. So it was him. We went there. Okay. I went there. It was him. He Coco changed would his take name. us down a dead end plot hole. <laughs> no, Jared. No, no, no. She's not like you. No, no, no. No, no, no. And the reason he changed it to Bleu, Chablel, Chablel, is because he felt like he blew it. <laughs> oh. Oh, my heart is aching right now, Coco, from yes, the story. It is poetic. It is poetic. What a story. And who knew also that the American phrase blew it translates so well into French. French. It is one for one, or, one as, for or one. as we say at Coco <laughs> Chanel, five for five. Uh, Coco, I just want to say that story you just told. Gets a thumbs up for me and... From Ebert as also well. Also a thumbs up oh from Roger Ebert. Oh, the two of them. Oh, you are so cute. Two you are so cute. Now, we are going to have to take a break pretty shortly. But before we no. do, so you leave no. the convent, Coco, uh, at the age of 18, and you start working as a cabaret singer. And this yes. is a quote that I found describing your work as a cabaret singer. Quote, Chanel radiated radiated a juvenile allure that tantalized meet juvenile no <laughs> no 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 stop it no. a juvenile allure that tantalized the military regulars at the cabaret uh and i'm assuming that this juvenile allure had to do with uh you being you know so young at the time like 18 19 years old or were there things that you like did in your act that were sort of like more you know juvenile young ish you know sort of like accentuating your age i did i think like fairly interesting things like i would go up on stage and i would like be working on some paperwork 
And then I would say, I can't do it. No, somebody help me. No, somebody come here and help me. And then the soldiers would come up and they would say, Coco Chanel, you are so crazy. And I would say, no, you're crazy. You are crazy. And then sometimes I would like be trying to like lift some things. Uh, like I had a set on the stage and it looked like my apartment. Uh, and, and I would be trying to like move things around. And then I would say, oh, no, I can't move it. And so I'd go to each one of the of the soldiers and I would say can you help me move this please I can't do it no 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 it doesn't matter what your politics are can you just go over here and help me please that is please. I gotta say it really is effect like I, I know we're not there now but I wanted to help yeah like I wanted to help with this paperwork god sure. maybe we'll get to it during the break but unfortunately we do have to take a short break uh, so we will be right back with Coco Chanel and Gene Siskel on Famous Dead People stay with us au revoir bye bye Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American film critic and journalist, half of the Siskel and Ebert team from the movie review television show Sneak Previews, Gene Siskel. Excelsior. And early 20th century French fashion designer and businesswoman, Gabrielle Bonner Chanel, a.k.a. Coco Chanel. Number five. <laughs> so, mm, classic. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Gene Siskel for just a moment. So uh, I have read that you famously have only walked out of three films in your professional career. <gasps> mm-hmm. So I would love for you to tell me about these movies yes. and why you walked out of them, if you don't mind. Okay. So first was the 1971 movie Million Dollar Duck. Mm. Can you tell us what that was about and why you walked out of the <clears throat> 1971 film Million Dollar Duck? Well, this is a good time to talk about um, expectations. Okay. And um, when you walk into a movie, it should be a blank slate. Okay. I, mm. I, this is early in my career. This is before I was I was with Ebert. You should know that uh, uh, based on a title and a quick uh, blurb, I, I had an idea going into this movie that this would be about a duck that wins a million dollars <laughs> and just <laughs> runs, runs around the town uh, happy as <laughs> any duck could be. He really is a film critic. <laughs> just from the, from the title alone, he called so much information. <laughs> and okay. what I learned in the movie was not anything about that. Mm-hmm. I I... Expectations meant reality in such a way that I could not, I couldn't focus on the mm. plot at hand. They were human actors doing human things, and I, I, I threw up, threw my popcorn into the air, and I just, I, I stood up and said, "Enough, you can't do this." And I, and I walked out. And I, so, I regret, truthfully, this one, I regret this one. I regret walking out. I didn't give it a fair shot. Mm, gotcha. Expectations not meeting reality. You were not being as professional as you should have been in that moment. Sadly, no. Now, so now after that, you learn your lesson and you're like, okay, I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna look at anything. I'm not gonna look at the title. I'm not gonna blank look slate, blank slate. That's at the goal. Anything. That's the goal. Okay, fantastic. Do you remember what the actual million dollar duck was about? Uh, Since it wasn't about a duck that wins the lottery and I then just about runs a, around town. I, I recall an overweight gentleman and uh, some sort of wager. Gotcha. I, that was it. <clears throat> okay. Uh, second movie was the 1980 movie Maniac. What was that film about and why did you walk out of Maniac in 1980? Uh, well, do you know the song? Uh, uh, maniac. She's it? a maniac on the floor. That's the one. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Again, truthfully. <laughs> This wasn't an invitation so much as it was um, a song stuck in my head. They got the song in my head. 
And I couldn't concentrate. So the whole this time. is nine years after your million dollar duck incident. You're yeah. not you're not looking at the movie title. You're not looking at anything. No. You no. go into this movie. No, I, I'm like, all right, so maniac. <laughs> maniac can be a lot of things. It can be a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Maniac. <laughs> maniac on the floor. It was just it's just it just, it's just it, in your head. So earworm. That's what yeah, earworms yeah. do. And I'm not a music critic. <laughs> I, I, I try to avoid all other forms of media to avoid them influencing my mm-hmm. My my job, of but course. Uh, unfortunately, the that song just got in there on a loop. Uh, I, I you know you know when you remember a song but you can't remember the next lyric. Mm-hmm. Like what what happens after that part? I just I couldn't get past it. It was driving so me I just crazy. kept singing the same part over and over again. Next thing I know, credits rolling, what, what, <laughs> and I, I walk out. Technically, right, I so you didn't walk. You well, let's be real. You walk out of every movie eventually <laughs> when the movie's over. Yes, yes. <laughs> you but, have walked out of every. But movie. I'm calling this one a walkout, a quote-unquote walkout, because I my eyes were barely on the screen. Yes, okay. I, I it is as though paid. you walked out after. So you didn't even know what that movie was about. No, gotcha. No, okay. Uh, lastly, there was the 1996 Chris Farley David Spade two-hander film Black Sheep. <sighs> oh no. I, I think I remember what that movie was about, but just for my listeners, tell us what Black Sheep was about and why you walked out of 1996's Black Sheep. Okay, well, uh, so it had two SNL comedians, mm-hmm. David Spade, Chris Farley. Yes. And, you know, uh, I walked into this movie and uh, there was there was this children's cartoon I had seen as a kid called Baba Black Sheep. Okay. And um, it had this adorable... Now, here's the thing, Gene Mm. Siskel. Mm. Is this another story of your past influences ruining a current movie? Uh, It it is. It it is. And and, and from the boob tube, no less. (laughs) From the boob tube. I'm ashamed to say I was placed in front of this this television. Idiot children who were slaves to this thing, and now it's ruining your beloved cinema. That's why, to this day, I decry television across the board, Mm -hmm. except for Angel. Seasons Seasons one one through four. four. (laughs) But not five. <laughs> but not, not five. five. Not five. Not uh, five. So yes. Yeah, so the beloved children's cartoon mm-hmm. I watched. Um, I, I I could not help but reminisce to a simpler time, in front of the boob tube, eating a bowl of Cheerios, uh, with my parents mm. watching this cartoon. And you know, Chris Farley tries he might could not recapture my heart like that adorable Baba Black Sheep. I could. see. And so you were you just like looking at this Chris Farley try tries you might Chris Farley. You are never going to make me feel the way that that moment made me feel. Yeah, yeah. And so I might as well just leave. This was the first and only incident where, rather than walk out immediately, I walked up to the front of the auditorium <laughs> and uh, spoke to everyone and said, Bob Hodge, Black Sheep, this is not. And I, I, I encourage everyone to leave with me. Oh, wow. Um, did you go up to each of them individually? I, I did. I actually did. Oh, wow. I the Coco Chanel like. method. I, I figured by that point, this was the 90s. I, I was a name. Yes, that's right. And uh, I figured I had the cachet to, to do so. But, <gasps> but by this point, television had become its own. Movies had become their own sort of boob tube. Ooh. These kind of sorts of movies, these slapsticky, kooky, wacky, you know, Chris Farley type movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all know the type I'm talking about. Uh, and you know, Beverly Hills Ninja, <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja, Tommy Boy, Tommy Boy, mm-hmm. Wayne's World One and Two. Yes, Wayne's World One. Was yes, he? he is a he is a security guard. That's out. right. Yeah. That's right. He's the one who knows yeah. where Mr. Big's car is That's going. That's right. Yeah. And then they yeah. use that information later on. And though he movie. wasn't in it, uh, many of Jim Carrey's earlier films I'd also okay. call spiritual adjacent successors or predecessors yeah. to. It's almost like you're saying what my friend was saying earlier about mm, the similarities mysterious between friend. television. Does the friend have a name? Does the friend have a name? But like I said, it's like I don't remember who said it exactly. Yeah. I just remember somebody but saying definitely it to a friend, me. though. You know, it was a friend, a vague notion well, yeah, of a of friend. Yeah, of course. Or, or, because it could have been a friend, mm-hmm. or it could have been somebody, you know, I'm always in the cafe mm-hmm. reading L'Estranger, listening to, reading L'Estranger in, in mm-hmm. the original French, of course. Yes, of uh, course. Drinking my espresso, having my cigarette, and I just hear people's conversation, you know, and people talk about you, uh, Gene Siskel. They just talk about you sometimes. They talk about me. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. do. Unbelievable, this guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> this show know. will never be a babe to pick in the city. Oh, my number is, one pick of 1998. Two thumbs up? Two thumbs up. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back over to Coco Chanel for just a moment. Uh, So you only worked uh, for a few years. You uh, were a cabaret singer, of course. You um, uh, you worked as a seamstress as well. 
but you were rescued from poverty by two extremely wealthy men that you were having affairs <gasps> with. Oh, uh, no. The first being a. Did I do this? <laughs> Coco. Was it me? The Coco. first, the first oh, being no. a young French textile heir named Etienne Balsan. Uh, you lived with him for three years. He showered you in diamonds and pearls and introduced you to a life of indulgence. Uh, that must have been an insane transition for you to be so poor and then to be so wealthy, right? Yes, like that must have been I a do real. Not want wealth? No, no, no. Get that away from me. I do not want wealth. All I want is to be somewhere where I can be free to be who I am mm -hmm. and to be able to. If I want to work, then I can. And if I don't want to work, then I don't have to. And if I want to go on vacation, I absolutely can. Mm -hmm. and, and, if, uh, and if I want to wear the newest fashions, I absolutely can. That is no worry. Of course. And if I want to wear like beautiful, beautiful jewels and diamonds, but I don't care about any of these beautiful like I don't care you just about want the, the money. freedom to be able yeah. to do what you want in the moment. I just want I just want the freedom of richness, but I don't want to be called rich. Of no. course not. Numbers in the bank. So you don't want to see a bank statement. No, 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 no. The bank statement. If you were to look at my bank statement, my bank statement it is flash, but <laughs> it does not. It does not have a name. It does not have a name. Yes. No, and I just wanted. I wanted to be a bohemian. Mm. I wanted to live that bohemian lifestyle that you can only do when you are rich. When you, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be able I to would, make I decisions. Don't think, I don't think that that's the you know the bohemian lifestyle that came out of the sort of like poor artistic neighborhoods in France. Like they no, but you, it you sells so well. It money. sells so well because it is cool. It is. Good. Of it is what everybody loves. Everybody wants to appear as though they are struggling. I see. And so many people want to appear as though they are part of the crowd that when they go out to party, they're doing it because they really need to go out and party. As opposed to they went out last night and the night before and mm. the night before and they just want to look new and different as opposed to the one outfit that they feel really good and they want to feel really good in all the time. Do you know what they mean? I do know what you mean. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, Coco. Yes. So this man, Etienne, you know, where, where in the world did you meet this guy? You're a seamstress. Mm -hmm. You're a cabaret singer. You know, this is like one of the wealthiest men in France, I am imagining. He's a textile heir. Yes. You know, I, how did I, you guys even meet? Through a dating service. <laughs> was, oh, I'm sorry, it was a those. dating service? It was a dating service, yes. It was, uh, it was called... Uh, I'm loco for Coco. And it was named after you. Yes. The dating service. Yes. I mean, that's presumptuous, Mr. Siskel. Uh, like, I, I, no, I, it was named she, after me. It was named, it after, was named you. after me. Uh -huh. it was for, Again, we are not being led to a dead end here. <laughs> for men who the have maybe seen unfolding. me and maybe they are feeling a little crazy about me mm -hmm. and they want to date me, so I set up a service. And so okay. if you would like to go on a first date with me, you can go to the, uh, it's called like a pop-up. You could go to the <laughs> pop-up location that I had. France I, was doing this, huh, in the, in the mid-century pop-ups? Oh, yes, pop in the 1920s. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. and Things are popping up all over the place nice. in France. Oh, my gosh. Can mm -hmm. you believe? In the teens, in the 20s, in the 30s, in the 40s. But no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no. Um I, I hired a, a another woman from the cabarets uh, who who I did not have a relationship with. Stop asking if I did. I didn't. Stop asking if I did. I didn't. We, I did we were asking with our eyes. Just look no, at you. Me and Jesus with your black with eyes. Your eyes. Light your, blue eyes. Your, your, Everybody knows this. Your eyes that look as black as the corners that you nestle yourself in with your cigarettes that are coming out <laughs> of a cigarette holder, which is also just as black as your eyes. Mm -hmm. Coco, if I may, this woman that you said you had no relationship with it. It would make for an interesting B story. It certainly if would. There was something oh, a B going story, on. something to spice yeah. up Any the regular narrative. Coco Chanel has a has a B story. If you if, potentially, potentially, yeah. yeah, they work really well in certain movies. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll tell you her name. Although we did not have a relationship, her you name... don't need to have a relationship with someone to know what their name is. Even it's a fine if the person has her name. That doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a relationship with her. 
So I'll tell you her name. <laughs> her name was Bibi. Bibi and Coco. That's adorable. Bibi and Coco. She was my little Bibi. I Aww. wish that you guys had a relationship. That yeah. would have been great. You guys would have been a, quite a duo. Yes, we had so much fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's arranging all these dates for you. She's with arranging all the dates for me. Well, we had an arrangement. Mm -hmm. The arrangement was uh, I get to go on dates and then... Um, and then she will always come along and live in like the guest house. But then I sneak into, but I, but I don't want to make too much hay out of disease. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to date, and I okay. wanted to kind of continue to be coquettish and, and to have money. How did you feel about Etienne? Like, was there was there some real love there, or was this just a man you were seeing because you wanted the lifestyle? I loved him more than anything. Oh, I see. I loved him more than anything in the world. Now, three years later, you did leave him for a friend of his named Arthur Chappelle. I loved him more than anything. <laughs> I loved him more than anything. Wait, who are you talking about? You talking about Arthur or are you talking about Etienne? Arthur. Arthur. You loved him. Etienne. You loved them both. And BB. And BB also. And since there was George. Oh my God. Plot and twists. since there was <laughs> Beatrice. Well, okay, okay. And since there was Coco. Uh, and I, I since like there you. was Jarrett. Oh, wait, what? Whoa. And since there was Jean. Coco. Oh, I thought man. we were going to keep this off mic, Coco. Off mic? Oh, no. I could <laughs> never be off mic with you. I want to tell the world how I feel about you. I would like to uh, read you this quote very quickly. Quickly about your relationship with Arthur and his with, with Etienne and his friend Arthur. Quote: mm -hmm. Two gentlemen were outbidding for my hot little body. Whoa. Do you remember saying that, Coco Chanel? For my hot little body? Yeah. Well, I just did it just now. <laughs> and hmm. Oh yes, I remember the conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I was speaking with a nice German man. Uh, it was. During the occupation. During the occupation. During the Nazi occupation. In France. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, I don't care what your politics <laughs> are. Are we going to address the elephant in the room at some point? Uh, I, I I hope we have time. The I elephant? Hope we have time. The elephant? The, oh. Your catchphrase. Uh, don't care what your <laughs> politics are. There's an implication. I am hoping, I'm desperately mm -hmm. hoping that we have time to get to it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I hope we do too, because I have a lot of explaining to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're just joining us, this is uh, famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are French fashion designer Coco Chanel, Bonjour, I and love you, American film critic Gene Siskel. Movies. Uh, so yeah, so uh, you were. Let's uh, let's move back over to uh, Gene Siskel for just a moment. Uh, so in 1975, you team up with Roger Ebert to do uh, the movie review television show Sneak Previews. Mm -hmm. At the time, you and Ebert were rival critics at different papers. Had you two met before? Did you think this was a good idea? What was the context in your life going into this arrangement with uh, with Roger Ebert? It was a classic uh, Garfield Nermal relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're familiar with those classic, two characters, yeah. uh, one is kind of adorable, and people love him because he's just kind of cute and and uh, uh, making that face all the time, mm -hmm. and the other takes his craft seriously and writes serious reviews. And doesn't reduce it all down to a you know single pithy comment. Nevertheless, uh, we found that there was more power uh, when our powers combined mm. than uh, we were separate. Though the rivalry was fun while it lasted, there were many pranks that we played on Ooh. each other. Wait, you guys did pranks when you were reviewing movies <sighs> at different papers? Uh, yes, uh, there were a couple. Uh, I will say mostly it was me uh, running the pranks. <laughs> My favorite one, it was very elaborate, but I shot and directed a fake film um, <gasps> for him to direct, uh, <gasps> for him to watch, rather. And read a um, review. And read a review of, yeah. only to, you know, correct the paper when I <sighs> told him it was not, in fact, a real film at all, but one made by... His rival. Oh, my um, God. So what was the review? How did he review this fake movie that you made? The movie uh, was called You're a Bad Film Critic, <sighs> Ebert. And, and uh, it was said so to him. And, on only, and only he as a film critic would be able to understand from the title <laughs> what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And it was mostly me uh, uh, sticking my ass at the camera oh. and and slapping it over and over again interesting uh, saying the title the titular line how long was uh, how over long was and over movie? again uh, 97 minutes 97 minutes <gasps> i stuck to, I, stuck to a, I stuck to an average runtime i'm i'm <laughs> i'm obviously you know not a, 
a filmmaker, but I know I know things. Well, you have to you have to sell the ruse of the prank. Exactly. You know, you saved a film that was seven minutes long or eight minutes long. Yeah. He, he would, would know, know that the gig would be. He up. had to watch and see what would happen. Yeah. Yes, that was. So, what, so he he reviewed the movie. That was the prank, right? <gasps> he he did. He saw the movie and he had to run a review of it. What was did the review? Did he like it? Uh, he uh did like it. He said <sighs> that he at first thought it was senseless and uh insulting, but eventually he came around to see the larger point, and he said it was touching to think that someone cared enough to make something that was just for him. <gasps> hmm, interesting. And you know, from that, that's when actually we wound up bonding and. Oh, wow. No. Oh, now, do you think it's possible that you just made a really great film? Like, this prank was supposed to embarrass Roger Ebert, but he loved it. So maybe you, like, accidentally made a, a really great film that could have won awards or something. I hadn't. Jared, you've just given me my biggest regret. Oh, my God. Uh, I'd never seen More seemed... than not being able to trash battle, Battlefield Earth uh, because yes. you passed away? My, my now, my new first. You have my second. My new first that's topped... Reviewing Battlefield Earth and trashing it is never submitting my film that I made as a prank to any for consideration to for any festivals. Any or anything. festivals? Wow. Well, maybe we can maybe we can find it and, and submit it. I'll I'll get know. it on streaming. Better. As soon as the show is over, it will be. I'll <laughs> we'll put it on YouTube. Mark my words, I'm putting it up on what YouTube. What should people Google to see this? Track. Google Siskel uh, prank film ass. <laughs> <laughs> This is something something.com. Cisco <laughs> prank film ass something something.com. Yeah. Run home. These keywords. Uh, now oh you my. and Ebert had a bit of a contentious on-screen relationship. Mm. Some heated, heated arguments between the two of you uh, over movies. People love to seeing us fight. But there was only one time that you ever changed your opinion mm. on a movie during the show <gasps> because of what Ebert had said, it was the 1996 film Broken Arrow with John Travolta mm -hmm. and Christian Slater, yep. which you gave a thumbs up to. But after hearing Ebert's criticism, you changed it yeah. to yeah. a thumbs down. I had uh, I was wearing I, I just purchased the jacket recently, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the jacket, the white suit. Yeah, I had it over my shoulders, you know, not on air, but just beforehand. And uh, I was I, I was on the Travolta high and mm. and uh, Ebert brought me back down to earth. And I think that's what. The benefit of having two critics, they could bring each other back down to earth and mm. help them see the light of day, as we hope to do to the American public. I see. Wow, that's incredible. Do you remember what his argument was that's that switched your opinion? Do you remember what he said that you were like, you know what? I think I might just it might just be that I'm wearing John Travolta's white suit from Saturday Night Fever. I'll I never, think this might not be a good movie. I'll never forget what he did. It was a it was a hilarious callback. Actually, uh, he stood up. Stuck his ass in my face <laughs> and said, Gene Siskel, you're wrong about your review. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like slapping his ass for 97 minutes. slapping his ass. It took 97 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, it edited for time on air, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I, ha I had to laugh and say, Ebert, you son of a bitch, you nermo. You're absolutely right. <laughs> wow. A callback for one. Those are the best. Oh. Those so he best. went to you individually, and he changed <laughs> and your he mind. changed your mind. Another Coco wow. Chanel. Another oh. Coco Chanel. Coquette now, speaking of which, mm. so let's jump ahead to uh, you're 40 years old, Coco Chanel. Your mm -hmm. critiques are extremely popular. Mm -hmm. uh, you've become a woman of means. Mm -hmm. You begin a 10-year affair with a man uh, named Hugh Richard Arthur Grovesner, who mm -hmm. was an outsmoking anti-Semite and homophobe. Okay. Which, according to the Wikipedia, were values that you shared with him. So, let's start off with this. I want I'm to read you this. I'm so curious what your question is going I to be. I want to read you this quote, uh, something that you said about homosexuals. <gasps> okay. A quote, uh -oh. I have seen young women ruined by these awful queers, <gasps> drugs, divorce, scandal, uh -huh. They will use any means to destroy a competitor and to wreak vengeance okay. on a woman. Queers want to be women, but they are. I'm quoting Coco Chanel. Just well, if anybody's tuning in right now, mm, okay. but they are lousy women. Okay, they are charming. End quote. So here's my question: As far as I know, there is not a, an agenda that any gay man has except to be with other gay men. Did something happen in your life where it made you think that gay men were marrying women so that they could divorce them and get them addicted to drugs and ruin their lives? Like, 
Is this something that bore out in your experience? <laughs> also, sorry, uh, real quick, the air quote ended with saying they are charming. Yes. You ended with a compliment. That is part two of the question. <laughs> where but, but the get, to the was, first, get to the first part, but yeah, the, the, that ending was, was The first was part is the important uptick. part. Yes. Jared, I'm so happy that you're bringing this up so mm-hmm. that I can address these comments. You are wondering, did anything happen in my life? In my whole life, and I had lived a long time. I had lived a long time. I had lived a full life. I had met all kinds of people. Can yes. you imagine the different people that I met in my life mm. that could, that, that there's a sliding scale on people who they can be good no matter their background, of or course. they can be bad no, ba- no matter their background. Of course. Ooh, yeah, it, yeah. Can you imagine? The types of people that you meet if you are Coco Chanel. So if you are asking me, did I ever, did I, could I have <laughs> ever possibly have met somebody that could have given me a bad impression overall of a whole swath of people? No. <laughs> you could. No, I never, I never met anybody who, who made me think that they, who made me, because of their actions, made me think that this whole group of people are bad. Mm-hmm. I never met anybody who like convinced me that like, oh, you are so bad that therefore anybody everybody who, in your group who must also be bad. It's part of your group. You must also be bad. So where did these homophobic beliefs then come from? Hmm, where did they ever? That you thought that where did they ever come from? Literally marrying women just to destroy their lives and get them addicted to drugs. You know, it could just be that I was seeing it out of anger because maybe like one time I saw somebody and I thought that they had a certain amount of happiness that I thought that I should have that should come readily to me. Okay. Based on nothing. (laughs) I've got to say right now, we're on a classic act two low point for our hero. Where you realize this is... What is it? What do you call it? Like shallowness of the soul. Uh, the dark night of the dark soul. Dark night of the soul. soul. That's Jared, right. Read a book. Do you re- you regret these these uh, these statements that you made, Coco Chanel? Why did I hurt somebody's feelings? Uh, no, I'm just saying they're a little uh, terrible, and so you know maybe when hi- oh with hindsight gosh, they you are. could say, yeah. Wait. Wait. I'm sorry. Is this news to you that this is terrible? What you said? Well, I. You know, and I've heard this said by other people that if you have like a bad opinion about something that you tend to not know that you have a bad opinion about something. Okay. It is like you have like convinced yourself that you are right. <laughs> okay. I, I, and I, I, know, I know exactly what, what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ebert famously uh, loved a lot of bad movies. And I said, my friend, do you understand how bad your opinions are right now. Mm-hmm. And I go down the every single detail, the lighting, the characters, the cast, the script, uh, and and still he, he, he would not change his mind, you know? It, okay. it, it is the exact same thing. Like if, if you have horrifying opinions about the whole swath of people, it is the same thing as saying, like, I didn't like the film Black Sheep. Like it is the exact same thing. Like it I don't is. Know if it's, I don't know if you really can qualify those two things together. Well, okay. I'm only fashion person. I, I <laughs> stop it, chat. Stop. You're making me. I'm just saying. What for, do I know? What do I know? All I'm just I, saying for someone that's really into like freedom and being loosey goosey, it really seems like you're holding on to these terrible opinions that what, you have. All I am is a person who wants to be able to treat other people as though they are not, <laughs> and that is all. Okay, that is okay. all. When she says it in that coquettish way, it's I just kind of want to. I'm endeared. I'm endeared yeah, to her. Maybe we should oh just let God. Coco Chanel be awful to Jews and gay people. Maybe we should just let her do it. Uh, now it sounds bad when you say it. Coco, <laughs> Coco, say, see, you say it again. You say it so I don't hate the Wait, idea. Wait, before, because we only have time for just this one last thing. 
Would you like to tell us why you added they are charming to the end of that mm. giant, awful diatribe that you had about gay people? Because I don't care what your politics are. Uh, <laughs> you know, you yeah, are yeah, charming. Yeah. You are charming. Credit where credit is due. Yes. Yeah. I don't care if you are a homosexual. I don't care if you are rich, if you are poor. If you're a, and, if you're a Nazi. And I definitely don't care if you are a Nazi. A hundred percent. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't care, although I sometimes will make it sound like I do care because I sometimes say things and make it sound like I'm homophobic and anti-Semitic. <laughs> and, 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 and sure, you might be wondering, like, what is the difference? Um, and I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. All I know is that, is that I love everyone, and I just want to be able to run across the field in, 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 and throw in your a arms around clo- them. <gasps> Jared, Wait, what? You've heard this before? I, I have heard throw this your before. arms around them? Oh, my gosh. I've only said that Chanel number five well, times. Well, unfortunately, I do not think that we are going to convince Coco Chanel of the error of her ways because we are out of time here on Famous Dead People. Uh, so I would like to thank my guests, Gene Siskel and Coco Chanel, for joining me in the studio today. Uh, last question. Do either of you have any like comedy shows or comedians that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, Coco Chanel, anything you want to tell people about? Oh, yes. A very funny show happening at uh, once a month at Littlefield called Entirely From Memory. It is They take uh, a famous story and they are blind cast on stage and then they have to improvise their way to the entire to the entire story uh, or the entire movie which is uh, which is Gene Siskel's life <laughs> it is like my life it's true and uh, Gene Siskel anything you want to tell people about yeah there's a show I happen to love uh, a bit of theater at the uh, Magnet Theater called Metal Boy they perform every Wednesday night uh, at the uh, Magnet Theater and uh, also a show called the Armando Diaz Experience that involves a bit of storytelling and some improv uh, following it that's every seventh at 730 every Saturday at the Magnet Theater. All right, go check those shows out. I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. If you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast. All the old episodes are there. If you're listening to this on the radio, this Friday at the uh, Pitt Theater is... Uh, the next installment of Stand Up 2020, which is the voting rights stand-up comedy show that I am producing, along with a couple other comics. We have headliner Gary Goldman there. All proceeds <gasps> go to voting rights organizations. You can register to vote there. You can talk to Swing Left about volunteering for some great uh, local political organizations. Uh, and we have a show once a month leading up to the 2020 election. So if you miss January, you can come some other month. Hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Au revoir. Bye-bye.